It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanisha coming up on today's show. Are the Atlanta Hawks at a breaking point? So, you know, on this show, we like to keep it 100, but is there a position group with the Falcons that is finally at 100 and has a group in flowering found themselves an identity? And last but not least, and for the culture, Damar Hamlin's Toy Foundation is going to do a lot of good. We'll talk about all that next right here on ATL Day Ones. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. just want to start off by saying thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. Remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast. Wherever you download your podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate that from you in advance. Today's episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by Bet Online. If you got the title, listen to us and you want to see what we look like, see what we do, our mannerisms and everything like that, how about you go and download that Roku and Amazon Fire app? You, all you got to do is look up Locked On Sports Atlanta, and we'll pop right up. You can get caught up on all the episodes. But, T, today the Atlanta Hawks take on the Sacramento Kings. And we talked about yesterday as far as what we liked and disliked about that loss on the road. And we pointed out a couple of things that are, have troubled the Hawks for quite some time. But as they are on the West Coast, mm-hmm. how important or do you feel this game is? Or let me rephrase it this way. Do you feel like the Hawks are at a crossroads where they it's probably either win or tinkle or get off the pot, so to speak? Yeah, Jarvis, I think we are getting to that point because we're now 37 games into the season, which means we're just a hair away from the midpoint of the, yes. the true midpoint, not, you know, as we treat it like all-stars, the midpoint, All-Star, the yes. true midpoint of the season. And you do have to say, at what point, at what point do they show up? Like, will the real Hawks stand up? Which one is it? And that's the thing that kind of like, for me, makes it a situation where, yeah, I feel like we're at a crossroads because I just never know which team is going to show up, not even game by game, Jarvis, but at this point, minute by minute, because just as you and I spoke about last yesterday, in yesterday's episode, we talked about what we saw Monday night, and there were moments, as per the Hawks usual, there were moments that you had to have excelled because that's the only way you would have dug yourself out of a 21-point hole but you were in a 21-point hole, and then at the moment when you needed to dig out the most, you just didn't execute on the basics. So, yeah, I think we're at a crossroads because it's like, okay, yes, you played them at home and had quite a substantial lead on them, right, when you beat the Kings, but you only beat them by, like, single digits. So that's my question. Like, which team is going to show up because the Kings continue to be on a positive roll. They continue to improve as a team, and I guess my thing is, if that's the case, then what are you going to show? Who's going to show up tonight? How are you going to show up tonight? And how are you going to show up for all 48 minutes? Because that at this point is is what we need to see. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, right? When you think about what this team has gone through, right? Dealing with the injuries, Bogey mm-hmm. being out for, or I'm sorry, Bo being out for, you know, an extended period of time to start the season. DeAndre Hunter come, starting off, to getting off to a hard start, hot mm-hmm. start, excuse me. And then kind of dealing with his injuries. Then Clint yep. Capella getting off to a 
becoming one of the best rebounders in the NBA. Mm -hmm. And then he's starting to deal with his injuries. And, mm -hmm. and you know, the back and forth between whether or not you're going to play A.J. Griffin more. Do, mm -hmm. Does he start? Does he not start? Does he come off the bench? And, how, and what does that even look like? And right. then the whole issue with Trey Young and Nate McMillan and all that stuff going on mm -hmm. off the court. It's just a lot of stuff that's just right. going on right now with right. the Hawks. And, yeah. and a lot of it is outside of basketball. So mm -hmm. I, I think that to answer the question, yes, I think they are also, I wholeheartedly agree that they are at a crossroads. It's either you're going to have to figure this thing out or you're going to have to seriously consider, hey, I'm tearing it down at some point. Not completely to the to the studs, but saying, hey, we need to move this dude out. We need to move this cat out and we need to figure out what this dude right here can do. So all those things come into play because we know. I mean, more than likely, we can make an assumption that Nate McMillan is probably going to step down at the end of the season, right? If that's being put out there and those are the things that he didn't necessarily deny when he was mm -hmm. asked about it after the game. Right. Um, so it's just so many moving parts, right? Then you got the yeah. Travis Schlank situation, Landry yeah. Fields. So it's just all these things coming together right now. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm not saying that all of this is going to be put on this particular game, right. so to speak, uh, on a road trip out there in, on the West Coast. But – like somebody had to say, you know what? Even though we're dealing with a lot of crap right now, mm -hmm. it's time for somebody to say or step up and say, hey, man, forget all the other stuff off the court. Like it's time to play some basketball and we got to do this thing and play four quarters because that's been the Hawks problem. They just seem like in certain situations, things just get real tight. Yeah. And it's so interesting because like you said, play four quarters. And if you happen to have an extra time and another extra time will play all five of those minutes and all five of those minutes because every one of them counts. Like right. you can't take any play off. And that's something Landry Fields actually talked about when he was on uh, 92.9 yesterday with our guys, Hugh Douglas and John Fricky. He said, hey, it, it was a great effort. Kind of congrats to us. Woo, -hoo, we, you know, we did it. However, what we didn't do was get the dub. And that was yes. because of essentially the Warriors making one more play. And this is kind of a favorable matchup for the Hawks. When you look at all the stat lines, the field goal percentage, the three-point percentage, rebounding, the, every stat you can look at, pretty much these teams are evenly matched. And right. Nate McMillan has been tinkering with the lineup, right? So that it hasn't always been the pure one, two, three, four, five. Sometimes he's put three guards out there and two power forwards or two forwards, if you will, and mm -hmm. kind of mixed it up. And that's kind of the way the Kings play as well. So I say all that to say you beat them a month and a half ago without bogey. Adre Griffin was just starting to get his stride. I don't even think DeAndre Hunter was there, to be honest with you. So now you're dealing with a team where maybe you won't miss Clint Capella as much. I'm not saying you won't miss him, but as mm -hmm. much. So everybody else is out there tonight. You need to go ahead and show and prove what it is that you can get get going because hey like we talked about pre-show who has to write the ship for this team against the kings and then going into the second half of the season all of the above all of everybody now <laughs> one person maybe all hands on deck. aj griffin he might yes. be the only guy who doesn't really have anything to improve because he's a rookie so therefore yeah. every you know, he's going to make incremental steps by default. That's why he's a nominee for Eastern Conference Rookie of the Month. The rest of you folks on that roster, on that sidelines, and even in the front office, mm, it's going to take all y'all to write the ship. Yeah. 
And also, also, hey, uh, JC, uh, excuse me, uh, sir, when did you get a post game? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, can we see more of that? Like, more of that assertiveness, like sitting on the block. You know, I understand that they want you to shoot threes, but if you got a, uh, you were able to take advantage of a, a weak post now defense down low because the Warriors wanted to continue to switch and everything like that. So, mm-hmm. hey, if y'all see JC being guarded by a, a guard or yeah. a small forward, Give him the rock. Give him the rock and let him go and see what he can do because he's the guy I've been asking for it. So you got what you asked for, and 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 JC was pretty productive. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. just kind of forgot how to box out and stuff. That's like what that. I was and gonna say. I need you to put it all together, JC. Please. Then I need you when the rock is in the paint with the other team to collapse to it and make sure that when that ball bounces out, because it's probably not gonna go in at a critical moment, that you have it in your hands and you secure it and then get it out to your backcourt and let them put in work. Just Absolutely. It's so simple. It's so simple. It's pure basketball one-on-one. Now, T, some team that, that has it figured out is Kirby Smart because oh. they're getting ready to doggone for the national championship against the TCU Horned Frogs. I still want to say Horned Frogs. I don't know what's the 12 year old me just want, just don't want to want to stop it. Stop it, Jarvis. All right, but uh, but they have it figured out. They are going to be paying for back to back national championships, T. And we got some good news yesterday yeah. that our guys, uh, Oscar, I mean, I'm sorry, not Oscar Depp, sorry, Donnell Washington, Warren McClendon, and Chaz Chambliss, they are quote unquote hopeful, yes. um, according to Kirby Smart that they're going to be back. And I think that when you think about that first name in Darnell Washington is mm-hmm. we know exactly what he brings from oh, a blocking yeah. standpoint and the mismatch yeah. that he is in the passing game. So yes. if the Bulldogs are able to get him back and to be honest with you, you talking about a high ankle sprain being on crutches mm-hmm. in that second half of that game. I don't see it, but if he's out there, we know that the Bulldogs that with that 12 personnel and that other dude over there, the best best player, college football player in the country. Yeah, I said it. Brock Bowers. They, the Georgia might be well on their way to going back to back. Yeah. And if we are to believe Kirby Smart, and I'm going to err on the side of believing him, he insists. that Maybe it a little gamesmanship there. <laughs> it was just a soft tissue injury. So we'll go with that. Yeah. So let Kirby slide with that. And if so then yeah, absolutely, that's going to be trouble because I still believe that maybe for the purposes of not letting Ohio State get comfortable, Todd Munkin had a lot of plays that were designed for Darnell Washington, but also to your point, he was going to use him effectively as a blocking tight end. And when you took that option away from him, I do think for a minute, Todd Munkin had to kind of figure it out. So if you can have him in as that extra weapon along with Brock Bowers, when you are doing 12 or dare they go 13 personnel. But when you go that route, then you you really have two weapons to make TCU kind of think twice. So, yeah, I'm excited about even the possibility of coming back because I just think that gives Todd Munkin just a few more options with the tools in, in the toolkit. And then, like you said, just having – uh, someone like Chaz Chambliss back there, just a rotational guy. Just again, if it becomes some type of track meet and you just need to have all your guns out there, well, hey, dogs will take as many guns as possible. And Warren McClendon? I mean, let's just be honest. Don't get me wrong. Marius Mims did a, a, a fine job because right. Stephen Bennett only got sacked one time last week. So, ever, you know, McClendon's been out since the SEC title game, but he's still Warren McClendon. He's still Warren McClendon. So if you get him back, can you imagine what kind of time Stetson Bennett will have, the opportunities he'll have to really, really stretch 
that offensive game for the dogs again. So yeah, I think that's some very good news coming out of dogs camp. Yeah, obviously the, the, we, we know what the Bulldogs identity is when you're talking about being out there and just being bigger than you and better than you. And they'll, and Darnell Washington and Warren McClendon are some very big dudes. And, yeah. uh, if they, <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, speaking of identity, how about this? The Atlanta Falcons may have found one. We'll talk about that next. But first, we have to talk about betonline.net because it's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. I was looking at the odds and lines for the Falcons versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How about this, T? The Falcons are favored by four and a half. Obviously, they're at home. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's what I said. I was like, hmm, excuse me. And the overrun is 40 and a half. So, May, the the Falcons scoring twenty points last week, you know, against against um uh, uh, oh excuse me against the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. But hey, hey, can they do it again? Because you know Tampa Bay going to play the starter, so Tom Brady might have something in his story. If you're trying to figure out, you're trying to figure out which way to go. Head to bed online because it's the top online source for all your sports information from live in game betting scores and podcasts. They've got you covered, just like we got you covered each and every day right here on ATL Day Ones. For a podcast standpoint, they got you covered for all your sports wager information. So they got everything you need in order to for you to make some money. So head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today because Bet Online is where the game starts. Yes, and where the game and the season started, according to Arthur Smith, was that it's about 60% of that O-line that was not set for the Falcons. Now, as we wrap the season, we look ahead to next season and even think about the strides that we have seen across that O-line, Jarvis. I feel like they're finally maybe getting closer to being 100% up front. What do you think? Wow. Um, to be honest with you, that's that's the thing that, you know, coming to the season, you know, mm-hmm. everybody was everybody was including us. We were talking yeah. about how the 60 percent of the offensive line positions are up for grabs. So yep. Chris Lindstrom and Jake Matthews, Jake y'all, Matthews <laughs> y'all good. <laughs> but everybody else, hey, you better figure it out. <laughs> and, and I think that, you know, when you look at just going through some of the numbers, T, mm-hmm. you're talking about um, if running the football six in the league, rushing yeah. yards total third in the league yeah. and yards per carry fifth in the league that sounds like improvement to me so hey mm-hmm. it now from only thing i will say about that is mm-hmm. i will say probably about 20 percent is is right. probably up in the air right and that, yeah. that's the yeah. left guard spot mm-hmm. because we know caleb mcgarry they have work out if they work out the money situation which i think they could probably come to to come to an agreement on, you know, necessarily, so. you know, I think they can figure that out because mm-hmm. he's probably one of the better run blocking tackles in the NFL. Yeah. And that was, that was from a number standpoint and an mm-hmm. eyeball standpoint. So I, I think you're pretty much set there. Yeah. Now, I think right now we talked about it a little bit yesterday mm-hmm. as far as with them potentially maybe liking Matt Hennessy a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, you know, you can get him for cheap. So are you going to go bargain basement shopping at the left guard spot? Mm-hmm. Try to bring Elijah Wilkinson, have those guys kind of battle it out in training camp. You know they like competition. Mm-hmm. So I think probably about you went from 60% of the offensive line um, spots being up for grabs to about 20%. Mm-hmm. So, hey, yeah. that's growth for me. And, and that's it. That to me, T, that sounds like you're establishing some type of identity of who, what you want to be and what you want people to know what's going down each and every Sunday. And I think that the Falcons have established that. 
Yeah, and that's a great point that you make because we look back in early December, I think it was around December 12th, where the Falcons announced that uh, Matt Hennessy was going to be designated for return. So we're mm-hmm. kind of like right there on the cusp of willy won't he, willy won't he. I mean, we might be able to see him Sunday. You never know, right? Because it's that uh, past that 21 day window. Right, yes. Um, if I'm correct, so that might yes. give us an opportunity at a sneak peek to see what he looks like at left guard, especially because Elijah Wilkinson isn't practicing today. So there's probably the likelihood of us seeing him slim to none on Sunday. So I love that opportunity to see what Matt Hennessy may give them. And then the other piece there is this. I, I agree with you. I think we're about 80% of the way there. And I might even say 90% because, hey, you at least have some solid options at left guard, which is more than you could have said at the beginning of the season across that whole space, right? It was Nathaniel last year, and Nathaniel's not a person. That means nothing. And it's a slang term for nothing. It was nothing at Carr last year. It was crickets. Keep it funny. Great crickets. And then you look at what the O-line has done in a very critical piece. How many times were we talking in the last three to five years about Matt Ryan being sacked more than 40 times, being the number one, the most sacked quarterback in the NFL? Marcus Mariota was only sacked 28 times, 28 times through his 12 game, 13 game tenure with the Falcons this season. So I do think that also speaks volumes to what the Falcons have been able to do, particularly that O-line in improving their protection and giving him the opportunity to set regardless of, you know, what he did with the opportunity, but they, they put him in position to do what he needed to do. Now, the other piece there is this Jarvis. Another thing we've been talking about, we started this conversation at the beginning of the season, kind of looking at it overall and then kind of breaking it down with the identity of the offense and the defense. I think that as a team, the Falcons, you can say, are still trying to build their overall identity. Although I would say they kind of are a little smash mouth all the way around. I think they're kind of edgy in that space. But I think particularly the offense has begun to just really get an identity. You called out some great numbers there when you talked about the fact that when we look at rushing yardage and when we look at um, overall rushing performance across that unit, we're talking about third and sixth respectively in the entire league. Yes. To me, Jarvis, when I look at what Tyler Algier has done the last several weeks and getting himself closing in on like a thousand yards, uh, rushing and doing things that no rookie has done in Falcons history. And then we think about Cordell Patterson and what he was able to do in the beginning of the season, oh, I think they have their identity. And I think their identity is smash mouth football, particularly running it down your throat and daring you to stop them. Yeah, and that's what Arthur Smith wanted, right? Because yes. he, like, here's the thing what I, I kind of, I've always kind of liked about him because mm-hmm. he kind of catered what he wanted to do to the personnel that he had, yes. that he saw fit. He saw He saw fit that, Hey, that run game wasn't going to be all that great last year. Mm-hmm. So, and you had Matt Ryan, you know, still sending the quarterback who can sling it. We, whether that you want to argue against that or not, right. yeah, he can sling it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't throw for this many yards in the NFL and not be able to do something, you know, not, not be able to go and have an MVP under your belt, right? So, exactly. I'm not going to argue that. So, I, I think that, you know, coming into this season, when you mm-hmm. bring a guy in like Marcus Mariota, who's limited throwing the football, I mean, that's, I think that's fair to say. And, and then you you got the guys that you think that can can get the job done at, at center spot. You mm-hmm. brought in a couple of guys that you could think can get the job done at the left guard spot. And then you drafted the guy in the fifth round. 
And I don't even think they probably thought they were going to get this type of production right. from, from Tyler Adjir because we talked about Tyler and, and early on, T. We talked mm-hmm. about, like, we like what this dude is. And, and yep. we, you know, a lot of times as fans, you know, the, 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 the objectivity comes out and you're like, hey, man, get this dude to rock more. And he right. just started to see it. As, as the season went along, he just started getting better and better and better and better. And you have this smash mouth potential, right? Mm-hmm. And you can kind of slide Cordell Patterson back a little bit at that RB1, a RB2. Yes. And, and use him how you really want to use yes. him in limited touches. Because a lot of people yeah, will start yeah. to ask him, like, hey, why don't you get Cordell Patterson the ball more? No, he's he, you want to, you want him to be able to last, right? Exactly. You like normally people fall off a cliff at that age. So yeah. with him playing in position and being able to be varied and moving mm-hmm. him out, lining up at, at the wide receiver position yeah. or the X or the Y, however you want to put it, mm-hmm. and those are some of the things that opens up things for your offense. And I yeah. think that we start to see that right because Desmond Ritter first game. I think mm-hmm. he was there about probably about completed ball about a 50 percent uh, clip, right? Then mm-hmm. he jumped up to about 61, 63 yeah. percent in his second game. Now he's 73 percent. Yeah. You know, and he was seeing the ball more. He was finding Drake London. And you got Drake London, Tyler Algier, Desmond Ritter. So that's a trio that you can really build upon. And I think mm-hmm. that it starts with the run game. And then yeah. guess what? Got number eight coming back next year, too. Yeah. So it's just a lot of things that people should be excited about and stop mm-hmm. looking in the doggone shopping in the window at, at doggone Nordstrom's when you got something solid at the crib. You got It's okay to go to dealers you oh. know, at the quarterback of a spot. T, you, like, um, you know what actually, I'm saying? I, I like Nordstrom, but okay. <laughs> Look, and I just bought my wife a, a, a Nordstrom gift card oh, for okay. doggone for Christmas. Okay. So, <laughs> like, who, who am I? <laughs> Yeah, I, I was. I'm gonna tell the folks to go to dealers. Yeah, well, well, I was well, starting to clutch my pearls, but back to what you were saying about football. I'm sorry, everybody. Continue. Just trigger. All right, let me see if I can try to bring it back home. Bring it home, Jarvis. Bring it home. Yeah. <laughs> so, Come on, Jarvis. so I, for all the people who are trying to, you know, jump all on the draft another quarterback and resetting this clock on what the Falcons mm-hmm. are trying to build, because that's what yeah. you're going to do, right? If you try to, yeah. if they draft the Falcons draft or the quarterback in 2023, they're going to suck again. Right. <laughs> you know, Come on. Can I sign on on you on what you're saying there because. We, we talked about that yesterday as well, yeah, because yeah. real talk, if you look at two things, if you looked at the class of 2023, as far as the quarterbacks go, right? Mm-hmm. Bryce Young, I'm just going to call it Bryce Young and company. Okay. Yes. And mm-hmm. if you look at the veterans, I'm going to call it, and I'm going here on purpose, Ryan Tannehill and company. The mm-hmm. reason I started at Bryce or Young. Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. But I'm starting at Ryan Tannehill for a reason. I got you. Mm-hmm. For, for for the reason I'm starting at Bryce Young is because everybody still believes, even with what C.J. Stroud did in the semifinals, that Bryce Young is still that dude, right? Yeah, yep. So if you look at him as being kind of the, the head of the class, that's fine, except when is the last time you saw a head of the class minus Joe Burrow? And Trevor Lawrence probably could have been that if Urban Meyer wasn't his coach. But yeah. other than those two, when is the last time you saw a quarterback come in and hit the ground running 
And this is an offense that can hit the ground running. So they don't need to be in rebuild mode, which if you go out and get that rookie quarterback, that might be what you're facing. And everybody Run knows. Clock going back a little bit. There it is. <laughs> the turn and back. Then the same, going back to what you're saying, taking nothing away from Derek Carr, but of course, Ryan Tannehill is kind of the natural name that people have been throwing out just because of the familiarity piece. But we know what that got the Falcons this year with Marcus Mariota and Arthur Smith. And let's be real. Ryan Tannehill is going to come in wanting to be a starter. He's not coming in to build up Desmond Ritter into a starter because he wasn't going to build up Malik Willis. So Mm-mm. what veteran out there is going to do that? Maybe Andy Dalton would do it. And I'm just giving him as an example, not saying you want Andy, but just mm-hmm. he might be someone or maybe a Joe Flacco might give it a you know a whirl for one more year. But other than that, Jarvis, that probably means Desmond Ritter is your guy uh, that you might want to rock with. And if indeed he is that guy, then that may not be a bad thing, especially like you said, because if you get one of your weapons back, you get the unicorn back, and then you maybe add one more weapon from a, uh, for your passing game, you already got weapons for your run game. Yeah. Your O-line is starting to, has started to settle in. I think you got something on that offensive side. I think that goes back to, and I'm sorry, everybody, Tanitra's daily PSA until the NFL draft. That goes back to defense. So that being said, because we can definitely I love that PSA. About that, Give me that PSA every day, T. <laughs> absolutely will not fall back on it. Another PSA that we will not fall away from is Locked On Sports Today. You know, there's so much information out there about uh, uh, DeMar Hamlin and what's going on with him. You know, everybody's trying to get to what really is going on. You want to know? Check those guys out because they definitely give you real-time information. We all know at this point, Jarvis, that the Bills and Bengals game for this week will not be played. We don't know what's going to happen next week. That's where you can go for that information or even reaction to some of the things that you might have heard out there. Like today, the fact that the Bills said, hey, we're going to do a walkthrough. We're going to talk, but we're not doing any media availability. Go to Lockdown Sports today and you can get all of that information right there. Hey, you check us out on the Odyssey app at YouTube or wherever you download your podcast. Make sure you do the same with them because the other piece there is this, and you're about to hear it. And for the culture, they also have take of the day where they will give you some great reaction to all of the things, not just going on in the NFL, but all around the world of sports. Absolutely. Locked on Sports Atlanta family. How about this? ATLDayOnes at gmail.com is the way you get in contact with the program. ATL Day Ones is the way you get in contact with us. You got any suggestions, comments, critiques? You know, we take it all right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. ATL Day Ones is your place to be. So shoot us an email, shoot us a note. We'll respond, I promise you. I promise you. I'll at least respond because, you know, T, she got about 17, 11 jobs. So, you know, we're still working on that for 2023. It's all about to let it be in 2023, T. Um, But (laughs) this is, for the culture, is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about. Because that's how we get down on this show. Today is no different. And when we talk about the story of DeMar Hamlin, I don't know why I keep on calling him DeMar. DeMar Hamlin. That's his country Bama name. Like, yeah. When he's visiting his folks in Alabama. Hey, Damar, what's going on? <laughs> Me being country, shocking. <laughs> so um, we talk about Damar as far as, goodness, Damar Hamlin, excuse me. Yes, so um, talking about his toy foundation. And originally he had set it up for it to be only $2,500, you mm-hmm. know, for help um, underprivileged kids back in his hometown uh, in Pennsylvania. But now, T, 
the bad boy has lit up to six million dollars from people from Bob Kraft, teams, uh, Tom Brady. It's just uh, Russell Wilson and Sierra. They have everybody has just been pouring into this foundation, and I'm thinking when you look at the amount of money that is being um, put out put into this, it, it seems like it's just going to help a lot of folks in, in need. That's for sure. Indeed. And I so hope that his family is letting him know because a lot of times, and this goes outside of the realm of medicine as far as the science of medicine, but there's that other piece about positive energy being around you to Indeed. keep your spirits high, to kind of bring you back into a healthy space, right? So I hope they are telling him this because I'm sure that would warm his heart to know that he was just out there asking for just a few modest dollars, right? right. And I'm sure he probably would have matched it. I'm sure the Bills probably would have matched it as well, or maybe even the Steelers, because he does have a relationship with that family, with that organization. So you never know. Somebody probably would have matched it. But my God, like 6.1 mil. I mean, kids are going to just be blessed for so many years to come. And I would not be surprised if there are some other areas that he may have wanted to go into that maybe he didn't have those financial resources to be able to do it at that time, but now he can probably bless uh, his Pittsburgh community even that much more. So man, that was exciting. And then too, in the face of a dark situation, something that none of us really have known how to grapple with or understand what we're supposed to do with it. I think this really helps us to know, okay, here's something we can do. We may not be able to go into the operating room or into the ICU and be there with uh, Damar and with the Hamlin family, but this is something we can do to lift him up and kind of lift them up as well. And we're hearing positive things about him and, you know, that he's making little incremental improvements. Yeah. So we, if we continue to send this kind of energy his way, I just feel like that's going to be nothing but positive. And I will say, as a Steelers fan, I know that Ryan Shazier talked a lot about that piece. Like in addition to the science, it was all that love and support and energy that was coming his way that really just helped him to battle back. Yeah, and and that's what you you know look for in these times, right? Went to for people to to support and to reach out and and, and show the good. And like with over 200,000 people who have donated, it just goes to show you that there is some good out there and we need to highlight that a little bit more so than the bad. And I think that because the bad gets a lot of press and I think sometimes it's a little bloviated sometimes, but you know, when good happens, it needs to be having conversations like like we're having this conversation. And we appreciate you joining this conversation uh, right here on ATL Day Ones and making us your first listen of the day. How about you make Locked On Sports today your second listen of the day? And don't forget, you can download it wherever you get your podcast and whatever you get this podcast, you can download it where right there. So make sure you check those guys out. They got a lot of good stuff talking about the national stories, just like we are as well. Now, coming up tomorrow, will the Hawks get it done? We'll discuss Right here on ATL Day Ones. Don't go anywhere. Y'all come back now, you hear? Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.